Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Um, I'd like us to turn in the Bibles to the book of Joshua, which is in the Old Testament. Uh, it's actually one of my favourite books in the Bible. I know I say that every week. I seem to be preaching from some of my favourite scriptures, um, but that's okay. Um, Joshua chapter 3, this is a time in the history of Israel when Israel had come out of Egypt. They'd been there for 400 years as uh, slaves under pharaohs. And then they come out through the Red Sea, the Red Sea divides, they come out into the desert. And it's only supposed to be a couple of weeks that they're in the desert as they go through to the promised land. But something goes wrong. The people start to complain, they get upset and they, and they don't actually believe that they can go into the promised land. They see themselves as grasshoppers um, instead of the champions which God had created them to be. And so what happens is they spend 40 years in the desert. Um, 40 years, that's, that's a whole generation, 40 years going round and round and round and round and round just because people didn't believe they could go in and overcome the situation in front of them. You know, God had promised a promised land. God had promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. And I believe that's exactly what God has promised for you and I. Now, um, our promised land is not going to heaven. It's, it's life with God here and now. It's not a promised land, a physical land where we get on an aeroplane and we go somewhere with a passport. A promised land is a quality of life that God has for us. And I want to encourage you today, as we just go through a couple of verses, a few verses about entering in to the promised land, to understand that God has got his best life for you. He's got a best life for you. He's got a best life for me. He's got something that is so rich and fulfilling. The Bible says he will satisfy us with good. The Bible says there is, there is the fullness of joy. There is the abundance of grace. There's peace which passes all understanding. There's love which casts out fear. This is our promised land. Of course, it affects us, you know, physically in our health as well. And it affects our finances and it affects our quality of life. But it's fundamentally, it is a quality of life on the inside. We live life from the inside out. Our external world will always rise or fall to the level of our inside world. So today, as we go through a few verses, we've come to the point now where um, all the generation that, had, that hadn't believed God had all died off and they'd all died in the desert. And now there's a new generation about to cross over into the promised land. So here we have a man called um, Joshua. And he now heads up the children of Israel. It's his job to lead the people into the promised land. Um, he was there in the early days, actually. He went into the promised land. He saw the promise of God. He saw, as it was called, the land that flowed with milk and honey and abundant land. And he was the one who said, I want to go in. And everybody else, apart from somebody else called um, Caleb, everybody else said, no, it's just crazy. But anyway, so here we are 40 years later and he gets another go of going in, which is fantastic. So here we are in um, Joshua chapter three, <clears throat> excuse me, and from verse one to verse five, it says, then Joshua rose early in the morning. I love that about Joshua. That doesn't just mean he got up at five o'clock or four o'clock or six o'clock. That's not what that means. It's an expression in the Bible that means he was stirred up and ready for anything. He was ready for action. You know, every time it says, so somebody got up early in the morning, it was a new day. And I want to encourage you that even with everything else that's happening right now, we've got this unprecedented time. We've got all sorts of things we're having to handle, having to overcome. We're facing um, 
challenges we haven't had to face before. But in all of this, I want to encourage you, as, as he did here, to get up early in the morning. I'm not talking about setting your alarm clock at five o'clock. I'm talking about on your attitude, in your attitude, on the inside of you, in your outlook on life, to get up early in the morning, to be positive, to think forwards, to think what could be, to think of the opportunities that God is going to open before you as we come through this whole situation. <clears throat> excuse me. So it says, so Joshua, <coughs> excuse me, says he rose early in the morning. And they set out from Acacia Grove and they came to the Jordan and he and all the children of Israel and they stayed there before they crossed over the Jordan River. And so it was after three days that the officers went throughout the whole camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the priests who are carrying it, you shall set out from the place where you are and you shall go after it. Yet there will be a space between you and the ark of about 2,000 cubits. Do not come near it. That's about 100 meters. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. For you've not passed this way before. This is going to be all new to you. And Joshua said to the people, he said, sanctify yourselves. He said, because tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I love this passage of scripture. I encourage myself with it that here is a group of people who are facing the unknown, who are facing, even though it was a promise, it was all new. It was change. They had grown up, a whole heap of these people have been conceived in the desert. They've been born in the desert. All they knew was the desert. That was their home, their tents. They went round and round in circles. The Bible says God fed them every day with manna and quail. They didn't even have to go hunting. They didn't have to go to the shops. The Bible says their shoes didn't even wear out. God looked after them in the desert. And here we have a whole new experience that they're about to go in. And I don't know about you, but new can sometimes be a bit scary. New can be, wow, I, I don't know about this thing. This is all changed. This is all different. And we're absolutely around the world today, we're having to handle change. And I don't think we're through the change yet. I think there's going to be all sorts of other things that we're going to have to get to grips with new. We're going to have to get to grips with what things are going to be like and how we're going to handle life and how things are going forwards in the coming weeks, months and years. You know what? But I am absolutely confident that in God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So here we have an, a very excited Joshua. He's really stirred up. I get, I get a bit excited. I get a bit stirred up about some things and, you know, the adrenaline starts pumping. And this is the state that, you know, Joshua's in. He's thought, I went in, I saw the promised land 40 years ago. It, you know, through no fault of my own, I've had to drag myself around the desert for 40 years. But here we have another opportunity to go into the promised land. And he wasn't going to let this pass him by. And I want to encourage you today don't let this season in God pass you by. Lay hold of it with two hands, with every bit of faith and expectation you have on the inside of you that God has got his best life for you and you're going to come through and you're going to come out on top and the Bible says that he's going to bring us into a large place of rich fulfillment just as he did with these people here. So, today I want to speak to us about God knows where he's taking us. He knows where he's going. Nothing's taken him, you know, there's no surprises to God. And if we stick with God and if we keep in step with him, he knows exactly where he's taking us, just like he did with the children of Israel. 
I believe that there's um, a type of person that is a world changer. Uh, and I believe that can be anybody, absolutely. I don't believe that's how you're born. I believe it's how you're made. And you know what? A person who is a world changer, a history maker, somebody who influences their world around them is a thermostat, not a thermometer. You know, somebody that actually affects their environment is somebody who, who, isn't, who, who isn't happy to just think, well, this is all there is, but is hungry to press into something new. Somebody with a bit of a spirit of adventure on the inside of them. Somebody who says, well, everybody else might be comfortable here, but I'm not staying here. I'm going to move on and lay hold of whatever it is that is before me. There was a man called Christopher Columbus hundreds of years ago, and he was convinced the world was round. Everybody else knew that it was flat. What are you talking about, round world? It's not round. Everybody knows the world is flat. And he was absolutely adamant. Apparently, he got it from the Bible that God set a compass on the horizon, different things like that. And he was really stirred that it was a round world. And, um, you know, it absolutely fascinates me that today there are people that still think the earth is flat. But anyway, let's, let's move on from that. But um, so he was adamant that the world was round, but everybody knew that it was flat. You know, what are you talking about, Christopher Columbus? You, you're just crazy. Where on earth did you get that from? And he was prepared to prove what he believed. He got criticized for it. He got persecuted for it. But he got himself a crew together and they were going to sail off and they were going to find a direct route by going this way round to Asia. The only route they knew was going that way, and it was indirect going to Asia. He was going round that way to get to Asia, and everybody was going to say, you're going to fall off the edge of the world. <laughs> you're going to crash and burn, is what they were saying. But he knew that he was going to go round this way, and he was going to find Asia. Well, he set off with all these people that absolutely trusted him. And um, he was trying to find Asia, but on the way, he found the Americas. He found a whole new world. He found a whole new continent that nobody knew existed. Absolutely amazing. It was because he had a spirit of adventure. He was prepared to step out and step in to something that had not been experienced before. He was prepared to stir up his faith and believe big and put his faith to the test and believe God to show himself strong. He and his crew were prepared to sacrifice everything to discover what they believed was out there. And they discovered it. They actually discovered something that they didn't expect to discover. He then was going to go on to another journey, but then he got too you know, comfortable and too familiar with his surroundings. And in the end, he didn't really make that journey. But the fact is, he had a hunger on the inside of him that there was something greater, there was something more. And I want to encourage us today, you know, as we think about this, this whole passage here of um, Joshua, he had a hunger on the inside of him saying there's more to life than the desert. There's more to life than the sand fleas and the camels. There's more to life than the tents we live in. There's more to life than manna and quail. Sounds great having manna and quail, but I don't know about you, I do not want to eat the same thing every day. You know, I often, often go home, we say, you know, what sh you know, should we eat tonight? And perhaps somebody will say fish and say, yeah, but we had fish last night. Or chicken, yeah, we had chicken last night. And that's only just once or twice in a week. They had manna and quail every day. They had bread and chicken every day for 40 years. 
and they wore the same shoes. I don't know about you, but there is, uh, I cannot believe that any of you guys, and I know I wouldn't want to wear the same pair of shoes every day for 40 years. Some of you need to change them every, every four or five hours, I don't know, just to keep up with the stocks you got in the cupboard. But 40 years, same pair of shoes. 40 years, same clothes. You can just imagine, you know, Hezekiah's wife gets up one day and she comes out and she says, how do I look in this, Hezekiah? And he says, you've looked the same for the last 30 years. You know what? Same stuff. It sounds amazing. It sounds wonderful. Shoes didn't wear out, clothes didn't wear out, manner and quail. But you know what? It must have been the most dull and boring life. They would have had enjoyment from family, of course, but same old, same old, same old every day for 40 years. But there was a hunger in Joshua to say something's got to give. Something has got to change. I want to go that I've the place that I've dreamed of. I want to go to where my dreams take me. I want to go to where my faith is going to take me. I want to go into the promise of God for my life, the land flowing with milk and honey. Today, I want to stir up your ability to dream. Today, I want to stir up your ability to dream big, to think big, and to press in to everything that God has for you. Yes, we know we've got to go through the situation that we're currently going through around the world. We understand that. But don't just look at your feet on this journey. Lift up your head. Lift up your faith. Dream big. Think big. Let God inspire your spirit and say the best is yet to come. Come on. There's greater things for your life. Just take another step. Just take, an, not round and round in circles, but take another step. Get to the Jordan River. Go through the Jordan River and get over into the promises of God that God has for your life. You know, I believe that for us to arrive in the place God has for us, we've got to leave where we are. We've got to leave. You can't have this and that. If I'm going to move house, I can't stay in the same house I'm in. I've got to leave one to get into the other. Change happens. I know we're all probably asking the question right now, where's this all going to end up? What's going on? What's going to happen to the economies? What's going to happen to businesses? What's going to happen to, to life? What's going to happen to church? What's going to happen to all these things? Well, I don't have all the answers for that. I don't really want to know all the answers for that right now. But one thing I do know is that the journey we're on in God, God is not taken by surprise. He knows where he is taking us. And I actually believe over everything that's going on right now, God sits enthroned. Jesus Christ is Lord. And if we stick with him, we're going to come out on top. I believe we are living in the greatest generation opportunity this world has ever seen. I believe in a harvest of souls. I believe that this gospel will be preached to all the world and then the end will come. I believe believe that we are at a time, an unprecedented time of opportunity to preach the gospel and to see the church of Jesus Christ forcefully advance in love and in power and in faith. And I'm excited about this. I'm as excited as um, Joshua is here about to go over the Jordan and into the promised land. We are crossing over into a whole new way of life right now in the church in London and across the world. And I believe God wants to say to us, come on, strike camp, arise and press in to everything that I have for you. So the first point that I want to make today as we look at the fact that God knows where he's taking us is this. If at first you don't succeed, 
and I can almost hear you saying, try, try, try again. Um, if at first you don't succeed. The first point here is that it, it starts by saying after Joshua got up early in the morning, he set out, they all set out from Acacia Grove. Now that may, you know, just sound like an insignificant point, but that was huge for the people of Israel. They'd been there before. They'd been there 25 years earlier. They'd been at Acacia Grove, but the first time they were there, the last time, 25 years ago, it all went very wrong. In fact, it was a disaster. Something happened with the guys there and the, you know, the um, children of Israel made some hugely bad decisions. And as a result, a whole lot of people got messed up over it. And so here they are, they find themselves back at Acacia Grove. And I don't know, there's something about God that God, um, in His grace, will bring us around again to a situation that perhaps we didn't handle very well last time, but he says, you know what? You need to overcome this. You need to deal with it. Perhaps there's something in our past. Perhaps there's something, an experience or an emotion, or perhaps there's a habit, or perhaps there's an experience that we've had that really did not go well. <laughs> it didn't go well. It was something that we'd prefer to forget. Perhaps there's some guilt associated with it. Perhaps there's some shame associated with it. Can I just say God is not the God of guilt and shame? The Bible says there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He sets us free from guilt and shame. But if there are things of guilt and shame in the past, God wants us perhaps to go back to that thing. I'm not saying physically, but in our faith and in our and in our um prayer to go back to that situation and say, you know what, this time I'm going to overcome it. Um, you know, perhaps even there are some times where we experience something in our past and then we find ourselves in the same type of position. And God is saying, come on, this is second time around. If you don't succeed the first time, try again. He said, go again. I'm so glad that in God, we have the God of the second chance. He's not the God of three strikes and you're out. He's not the God of, well, if you fail first time, that's it, I'm giving up on you. He will keep on bringing us around to the same thing until we master it, until we overcome it. Um, I'm so glad for his grace. I'm so thankful for his grace that, that if I fail the first time, you know what? It's an experience that I can learn from and I can come back round to it and I can have another go and I can overcome it the second time. And that's exactly what happened here. The first time... At Acacia Grove, it actually says in the Bible, they remained in Acacia Grove. They should never have done that. They should have walked through it, but they remained in it. They made camp in a situation where they should never have stopped. And perhaps there are some situations in your life, I don't know what those would be, but perhaps there are some situations where you should have just kept going through and you decided to make camp and you decided to dwell in a place that you should have only just gone through. I don't know, but God is the God of the second chance. And God will bring you back to the very thing that defeated you first time in order for you to get the victory the second time. That's what happened here. The first time they remained in Acacia Grove, the second time, you know what? Joshua was so stirred up, we're not going to be defeated again. We're not going to stay in the desert for another 40 years. That ain't happening. So even though we're here back at Acacia Grove, we are going to get up and we are going to set out from Acacia Grove. Acacia Grove. We're going to leave. 
And that's my first point really, that if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. God will give you another opportunity to come through and come out on top as the victor. You will win this time because God knows where he's taking you. You're going to win. You're going to come through. Don't be scared of Acacia Grove this time. Don't go, oh no, I've been here before and it wrecked me last time. I don't want to face it. Face up to your Acacia Groves because God is with you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? That is good news today. The second point as we cover these four points today is this. Go after God. There's that passage that we've just read. And, you know, Joshua and the priest said to everybody, when you see the ark start to move, leave where you are and follow the ark. He said, follow the ark. The temptation for the children of Israel was to dig in, hunker down, you know, we don't want to cross the Jordan, we don't want to go and face the giants. And perhaps for you and I at this time, there's a little bit of we want our security. We want things to be normal, we want things to stop shaking. Well, actually the Bible says everything's going to shake, that the things that cannot be shaken are going to stand strong and are going to remain. So our lives are unshakable shakeable as we build our lives on the rock but there can still be a tendency that I don't want anything new I don't want change I just want security I just want familiarity and God is a God um, who has an who has hope as an anchor of our soul absolutely God is a secure God he's a stable God he's a sure God you can trust in his word that you will stand and having done all to stand stand however however when the ark starts to move, and there are other examples in the Bible, when the, when the cloud or the fire began to move in the desert, they had to follow it, they had to strike camp. But here, they had to keep their eyes on the ark of the covenant. That's the gold box with the cherubim over it that you've probably seen in some films. Um, it, it was an actual box in history, and it was a sign of the presence of God. And he said, you know what? Don't keep your eyes on the goal. Don't keep your eyes on the target. Don't put your eyes on the promised land. He didn't say when you see the priests move, all head for the promised land. He said, keep your eyes on the ark. Keep your eyes on the ark. And I want to encourage us today. Number Point number two is this, go for God. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on his word. With all the changes that are happening, keep your eyes on God. With all the adjustments that we're going to need to be making, keep your eyes on God. With all the transformation that's going on, keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes fixed on the presence and the person of Almighty God. The third point that I want to make today is this. It's all new to me. It's all new to me. It was clear again from that passage. It says, keep your eyes on the ark because you've never been this way before. And I don't know about you. I've never been this way before. We're experiencing stuff right now that we've never experienced before. Unprecedented times, everyone's saying. It's all new. What's going to happen? How's it going to work out? It's all new. Well, the important thing when everything seems to be shifting and changing is keep your eyes on the ark, as we've just said, because you've never been this way before. But the encouraging thing, even though perhaps our nation hasn't been this way before, the world's not been this way before, not in our generation anyway, I tell you what, nothing takes God by surprise. 
He has been this way before. He knows exactly where your promised land is. He knows exactly the journey that you need to take. He knows exactly the time scale that it needs to happen is. Keep your eyes on God because God has been this way before. I want to encourage us to embrace the changes that need to happen because God has been this way before. It may be new to us, but it's not new to God. Let's embrace the change because God knows where he is taking us. The final point today as we close is this. God will show himself strong and do wonders amongst us. Um, it ends, that whole passage ends with this wonderful promise from God. And I can just hear Joshua stirred up, excited. Tomorrow we're going into the promised land. Tomorrow we're going into the promised land. But you know what? He didn't go around saying that. He didn't go around, tomorrow we're going into the promised land. Tomorrow we're going into the promised land. What he said was, tomorrow God is going to show wonders amongst us. You see, his heart was for God. His, his whole desire was for God. His expectation was on God showing himself strong. And I want to encourage each and every person here today, when things look their worst, get ready because God is going to show himself strong. When everybody says that all hope is lost, get ready because God's going to do wonders amongst us. When we don't know where to go or what to do, get ready because God is going to stretch out his mighty right hand and he's going to open a way where there is no way. You see, here they were going into the promised land. And it would be very easy to dangle carrots in front of people. Oh, you know, tomorrow something's going to happen. Tomorrow something's going to happen. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. And I really don't like that sort of an attitude. It's just hanging carrots out in front of people, dangling carrots, just trying to keep people stirred up. You know, tomorrow something good's going to happen. Tomorrow something good's going to happen. But what I do want to say is this that whether it's today or whether it's tomorrow, we can have absolute faith in God that God will perform his word. The Bible says not a word comes out of his mouth that doesn't, it doesn't return void, but it prospers where God sent it. And here's Joshua. He's so excited. He knows what's about to happen. We're going into the promised land. I've been waiting for this for 40 years and God is going to come through for us. God is going to show himself strong. I don't know if we're going to go straight into giants. God is going to show himself strong. We're going to go through the Jordan. I don't know what's going to happen there. Perhaps the waters are going to divide. Perhaps we're going to walk on water. But either way, God is going to show himself strong. And I want to encourage each and every person online here today that with all the uncertainty of the future, one thing is certain, God knows the future and he will show himself strong on our behalf. I am so excited about what there is ahead of us. You know what? With all the uncertainty that we talk about, God said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I believe in an end time harvest. I believe in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our generation. I believe that many thousands of people are going to come to Christ in our generation. Perhaps it's because of the whole COVID crisis or perhaps it's in spite of it. But either way, God has been this way before and he will show himself strong on your behalf with your business, God will show himself strong. In your family life, God will show himself strong. In your physical health, 
God will show himself strong. In your personal finances, God will show himself strong. In our government, God will show himself strong. In the church around the world, God will show himself strong. Our God Almighty, who is the creator of heaven and earth, of all things seen and unseen, he will show himself strong because he is the savior of the world. Jesus Christ, Lord of lords and King of kings, mighty God Jehovah, the most high God, the all-sufficient one, will show himself strong and do wonders for each of us in the days and the weeks and the months to come. I hope you're encouraged today, friend. I'm excited. I'm stirred up about this. You know what? Um, I serve such a good God, a faithful God, a loving God. First and foremost, he's a saving God. The world needed a saviour. From before the foundation of the world, the Bible says, God knew what was going to happen and he prepared a saviour. His son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible calls him the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the earth. There'd been all sorts of sacrifices in the Old Testament to try to cover up sin, to try to help people to be better. But there's only one sacrifice which brings man and God back together again and remits sin, gets it right out the way. And that is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago. It's absolutely unthinkable that the God who loves us became one of us. And he didn't just go around and create a religion. He went around and healed people and loved people and forgave people and accepted people. The very God who upholds all things by the power of his word. Father, Son and Holy Spirit was in the person of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. Jesus went about doing good, healing everybody who was oppressed of the devil for God was with him. That's what the Bible tells us. And then he went to the cross because of his incredible love for you and I. Even when we were still trapped in sin and rejecting God and doing our own thing, he saw you, my friend, he saw me. And he hung on the cross and he said, I'm doing this for you. I'm giving my life to give you life. I'm paying the price for sin to give you freedom from sin. I'm paying the price for sickness to give you healing. I'm paying the price for poverty and oppression to give you freedom and abundance. It's the love of God in action. I know perhaps we can look back over church history and think, well, we didn't do a brilliant job. But our God has done an amazing, amazing job. He provided salvation for the world. And you know what he says? He didn't say you've got to live like this and you've got to do this and you've got to dress like this and eat this and don't eat that. That was all religion to try to keep it all trying to keep it together until Jesus came. But you know what he says? He says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. What I want from you, all I'm interested in is to have a relationship with you heart to heart. You see, you've got a heart on the inside of you and I believe it's a heart for God. I believe that everybody's searching for God and I know I'm speaking to a lot of people online now who have already said yes to Jesus Christ. But perhaps you've heard this today and you're saying, you know what, I'm not a Christian. Or perhaps you think you are a Christian because you're in what we would call a Christian country. Well, that's like saying I'm a hamburger because I'm sitting in McDonald's. I don't know, it just doesn't make sense. A Christian is someone who loves God who is a disciple of Jesus Christ, who says, Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord and my Savior. 
Be my king, be my friend. I want to hear your voice. I want to talk to you. I want to commune with you. I want to have conversation with you. I want to love you with all my heart, my soul and my strength. Friend, if you have not ever said yes to Jesus Christ, what does that mean? Well, it means to ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart, to make you a brand new person. Jesus himself, when he was questioned, said you must be born again. Somebody said, how am I ever going to get to heaven? And that was a good religious man of the time. And he said, you must be born again. Friend, whoever you are today, you must be born again. You must be born again. Have a brand new start in your life and invite Jesus to come in to be your Lord and your Saviour. So as I pray this prayer now, I'm going to encourage you to pray it out loud with me. Everybody online, let's all pray this. If we were here in church, we would do it in exactly the same way. But um, as I pray each sentence, you pray it out loud out of your mouth. Perhaps you're coming back to God today. Perhaps you're returning back to God. Wonderful. You pray this prayer as well. And especially all those who are, who, who are perhaps the first time in praying this. How about we say it together? Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you demonstrated your love by sending your son to die on a cross to give me eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, for paying the price for all of my sin. I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, God bless you, friend. If you've prayed that for the first time or you've come back to God today, I believe God has moved by His Spirit and He's given you a brand new heart, a brand new start. There's going to be some other steps for you to take. I'm going to encourage you to read your Bible and to pray. And, you know, I'm going to encourage you to tell somebody of the decision that you've made today. Why don't you get on the chat and say, hey, I've said yes to Jesus. There's going to be somebody else to explain some of those next steps in just a minute. But for everybody as we close today, I want to encourage you today to have the spirit of Joshua, to have that spirit of adventure, to say, I'm not going to stay here anymore. I'm going to press on in to everything God has for me and I pray to God that this week we arise we step out of our comfort zones and we press on in to be the Christians to be the believers that God has created us to be well God bless you friend I will see you next week do everything you can this week to love people to help people serve people and do everything you can to make other people's lives great God bless you I'll see you next week